Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Good morning, Eastern North Carolina. Hey, y'all, and happy Friday. I'm Kelly, the morning news editor. And I'm Ford Sanders, morning edition reporter, but anchor this week. <laughs> and I'm Alex Wasilenko, your morning edition meteorologist. And we're so happy you guys are tuning in to be with us. So today we're going to start off with a brief recap of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Uh, it's like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it is every single day. It's the best. <laughs> it's so good. So right now, the U.S. is currently in first with a total of 87 medals. Um, followed behind us is China in second place with a total of 73 medals and then the russian olympic committee is in third place with 55 total medals so right now china actually beats the u.s in the amount of gold medals it's gold count right yeah yeah because right now china has 33 gold medals and we only have 27 all right, there's time to make it up, though. Yeah. We are right there. There yeah. definitely is. But to wrap things up that just happened recently, in the women's 200-meter sprint canoe, we had Nevin Harrison come in first place for the U.S. gold. And then the women's soccer team beat Australia 4-3 to three for the bronze third-place medal. Right, oh, and that came hot on the heels of a loss to Canada, which I saw <laughs> that the women's soccer team was like, you don't lose to Canada. I know. <laughs> But that's just a friendly, friendly rivalry, and that's nice to see that the USA was able to come away with a medal nevertheless. Mm-hmm. And then this weekend, uh, a couple more events we have coming up. We still have hockey, karate, handball, men's volleyball, basketball, baseball, the pole vault, and more. Is hockey field hockey, I'm assuming? I, it has to be. Because, yeah, because, right. it'd be, it'd be, because it'd be the Winter Olympic. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're not quite there yet, Ford. It's yeah, not that cold. <laughs> the Olympics this year has been very interesting all around. I don't know if you all saw this, but the they had a pair of Japanese siblings that made history this year by becoming the first brother-sister duo to win mm. Olympic gold medals on the same day wow. within Wait, minutes. iconic. Within minutes. Wow. It was pretty impressive to watch. Okay. Wow. That's incredible. It was awesome. Oh. And then China also had a pair of twins that did synchronized diving. And uh, if you guys watch synchronized diving, they were literally spot on. It looked it was like... crazy. I saw it when it we were was, There the was office. barely any water displacement, which yeah. is so impressive. The splash was minimum. I was watching this just yeah. the other day, too. And the age of these divers, so the young. senior diver on the synchronized team for China is 15. That's insane. <laughs> and it's the veteran member of the team. Crazy. Oh. Yeah, and That's the next, a lot of pressure. Next closest in age is 14. So it's just a year difference. But it's crazy. They are training so them young, young and early out there. Did you all see, speaking of young and early, uh, there was a skateboarder that won yeah. um, yes, maybe she bronze? was 14 or 13. 13. Yeah. 13 years old. Imagine like yeah. Olympic medalist at 13. I'm like, that is wild. I think it has something to do with why a lot of these athletes for um, the sports that are more, you're more likely to get severely injured. If you've noticed, they tend to be a lot younger because that fear factor hasn't set in yet. Mm, that's so right. younger kids, when you're young, that's why they tell you to get started in gymnastics super young so that you learn to be comfortable flipping yeah. and bending backwards without yeah. looking because if you try to do that stuff when you're older you think of all the things that can go wrong so then right. it scares you and you back out the at the twisties. last second 
Yeah. 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 I learned about that. Yeah. With mm-hmm. Simone Biles in the Olympics and just recently came out that her aunt passed away during oh, that no. same stretch too. So she had a lot going on. She did on. have a lot. Yeah. The Olympics unique in the fact that it's not only taking place during COVID and of course during a, a worldwide pandemic, but it's bringing to light that athletes aren't just meant for entertainment. Right. They have a mental well-being that needs to be taken care of as well. And so a lot of different topics being covered across the Olympics and at a, an appropriate time too. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice to see Simone kind of come full circle and take bronze in the yes. beam. And that was just a really good additive. And there's something else about the Olympics I want to mention. We were talking about it on yesterday's newscast. Mm-hmm. The Paralympic Games, they're next. So they're going to happen August 24th to September 5th. Mm-hmm. You got about over 4,000 athletes from 98 countries. That's going to be insane. But you know, COVID's still on the brink there. That's something to look out for. But right. just so cool to see that also happen as well um, down there in Tokyo. Yeah. I, I want to throw one more thing in too yeah. because one other cool thing that I saw during like the highlights because obviously they're 13 hours ahead over there and so we're kind of getting the event spoiled right. for us here in the United States but there's still live events to catch late at night and early in the morning of course but I saw a volleyball match that I stayed up way too late to see one <laughs> night and it was Japan versus Italy and one of the Japanese players you'd think was fluent in Japanese. No, fluent in Italian. And so he was listening to the opponents and their game plans and relaying that to his own teammates on the Japanese team. So that's fair. Yeah. And the Japanese member of the team plays for an Italian club, beach volleyball team. So So funny. That's smart. You you guys should have seen the reactions of the Italian players when they found out what he was doing. They all started covering their mouths. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say it's their fault. (laughs) That is so smart. Yes. Yeah. Super cool and wow. interesting part of uh, the strategic play of volleyball it yeah. seems yeah Think smarter, not harder. Yes, there you go. And bringing things back here to North Carolina, their surges at Duke University made history after being the first in North America to implant a new generation artificial heart. Now, the heart was developed by CARMAT, C-A-R-M-A-T, that is, and has been studied in Europe where it's approved for use actually over there. So last year, the company received FDA approval to begin studies in the U.S. to potentially enroll 10 patients with end-stage biventricular heart failure. The study will evaluate, that is, whether the artificial heart has a viable option as a life-saving step before transplant. So I want to talk about this. You know, there's 28 people in the world that have the artificial heart. Now it's powered by batteries with biological valves made of cow tissue. This was really interesting. They interviewed one of the guys. I think it was the guy at Duke or may not be a Duke, but one of the guys Mm -hmm. with the heart. One thing that was really funny that him and his wife were saying is that he can be plugged up to the wall. So he can literally, and he was, he was so funny. He was making jokes about it, but he was like, I can literally be plugged into the wall to charge. And something about this is that these are not long-term for right now. That's what they're studying to see if it's, you know, going to be a life-saving set before transplant. It it is right now. It's, it's a good temporary option, but they want to make it last a little longer. But I think this is so cool. Y'all the fact that you could just make artificial hearts right now. It's, it's really, really impressive. It really is. And when you think about other transplants, like lung transplants and kidney transplants and the amount of time that people have to wait for that just to find someone that's compatible or, or the right donor right you think that maybe this is a good direction to take that field in to get those people the kidneys and livers and whatever yep. they need so that is uh definitely a breakthrough I, that's the first that i've heard of this so it's super cool stuff mm-hmm. i thought it was really interesting that duke was actually only one of three transplant centers in the u.s selected to join this study mm. and the artificial heart they compared it to a prosthetic um okay. and the fact that it includes valves and like ford said it does include an external power supply yeah. <laughs> but they they were 
saying that if this device receives FDA approval, it would provide a bridge to transplant for patients whose hearts require assistance to pump blood through both chambers. Our current technology only has a notable left ventricular assist device, which just supports only one chamber. Gotcha. So it would bridge that gap for sure. Mm-hmm. So cool. We are making so many headways in like just the medical field yeah. alone, but in Duke, like here in, here in the state. Like, yeah, that's here so cool. in North Carolina. Yeah, that's, a research triangle, and that's a good place yeah. to do it. So, um, Earlier in the week, we had the Greenville Police Department's National Night Out. This was an important step that they took because they want to build connections between law enforcement and the community. National Night Out is so cool. I think it's awesome. You know, we work a lot with GPD, JPD, um, New Bern Police Department sheriffs, and it's just a really good time for the police community to get out there and connect with the actual community. Um, I know Jacksonville rescheduled theirs for Thursday, which was yesterday. And yeah, it's just really cool. I know they make, um, you know, Jacksonville really puts a lot into it. Um, our reporter Kayla Schmidt was telling me they try and be actually one of the biggest National Night Out events in the like, wow. nation, one of them. So they wow. try and go really, really in. They take like a year to plan this. Like it's it's a really big deal. So I think it's really um, important. I think it's awesome just for people to know, you know, police, yes, they do enforce the law, but they're obviously, like they said in their words, they're here to also be a part of the community and immerse themselves. So, And they're people too at the end of the day. So, you know, they all watch similar TV shows, movies. There's common ground. Well, maybe, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) That one's a little iffy. But for our returning ECU students and ones who are still here, a new mask mandate is now in place. It went into effect on Wednesday, August. August 4th, and it will require that all students, faculty, staff, and campus visitors wear face coverings in all indoor areas, regardless of your vaccination status. I think that's a, a good idea considering how last school year ended up. It, whether it's a mask indoors or outdoors, do what you feel is comfortable, but right. do more importantly what is right. Be a compassionate person and think about other people that may be battling the virus or maybe immunocompromised. So that's if you want to keep college in session this year on campus instead of remote, it seems like this is going to be the way to go. And you're looking at cases now, you know, from weeks to months prior, 15,000 cases in the U.S. to now Mm -hmm. breakthrough cases of over 100,000. So I think all of us here or most of us here are vaccinated. And I think it's important. You know, I'll still wear my mask. I want to follow all the guidelines, you know, with the breakthrough cases Mm -hmm. that anything can happen. So it seems like a good idea. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for something to do this weekend, Comic Con hits Greenville Ooh. on Saturday at the Greenville Convention Center. Tickets for this are actually going to cost $7 for adults, $3 for children, 12 and under. And there's a lot of special guests, Alex and Kelly. So there's actually, mm. Comic-Con's going to include David Sorensen, Rosemarie Macherio, The Titan, Michael Yuri, Joe Lisi, and more. And if I butcher those last names, Comic-Con fans, you can come for me. I'm giving you permission. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of information on this. You can actually go to Facebook.com slash Greenville Comic-Con. And I think it's so cool, Greenville, North Carolina. You know, we are a smaller town, but we actually have a lot. There's also a reptile convention coming up there, too. So. Yeah. I might have to go to that. That's yeah, no, funny. and a lot of people I saw. I mean, I like the outfits. Everybody dresses up into like oh, your yeah. favorite comic mm. con characters. Do and you have any comics that your fans? I are? was just gonna touch on that for you. Yeah. I was gonna say besides the costume, that's really all I know about comic. Yeah, I don't, I'm not like a, same. I don't know anything about comics, but the costume. Yeah. Oh well, I guess I I lied a little bit because I watched <laughs> The Walking Dead, and that was a comic mm. before, oh, and okay, so like okay. that's been a big focal point of the comic cons lately across the United States and elsewhere. So if they were to bring 
hearing like a main character from that show, even though it's been starting to fizzle out a little bit lately. <laughs> I think that that might be a draw for me. But other than that, I'm not like a big DC or Marvel same. fan. Yeah, I, mean, I wish I was. No. Okay, yeah. I mean, I love the movies. I'm a big movie yeah, person. Say, yeah. yeah. But when it comes to comics, I prefer books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who are interested in going, the event will last from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So be sure to swing by and check it out. And moving down to our friends on the coast in Jacksonville, the mayor there, Sammy Phillips, introduced a new way to dispose of American flags after getting feedback from citizens. Worn, damaged, or tattered American flags can be dropped off in front of City Hall. Now, the flags will be respectfully taken care of by disabled American veterans of Onslow County. That's the chapter 16 there. And they say in, quote, we do it in accordance with the U.S. flag code, which says flags when it is in such condition that is no longer an emblem for display, it should be destroyed in a dignified way. This is one of the first of its kind in Onslow County, and it's open to the public, but I thought I find this so interesting because mm-hmm. please correct me if I'm wrong, y'all, but I swear I thought the proper way is you actually burn it when it comes to when it's really tattered or dismantled. I've heard or a if lot it of, touches the ground. Or if it touches the ground. I've heard right. a lot of people, the proper way and the respectful way is actually to burn it, which always seemed kind of iffy. But And so I think that's why they're doing this. They want to do it in the proper way. And if people feel iffy about it, they mm-hmm. at least the disabled veterans who actually fought on the front lines are going to do it. And so I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah. And I'm always triggered a little bit when I see like POV uh, or excuse me, POW right. flags flying or American flags flying. They're like on the ground or tattered like it in something inside of me it says that that's wrong and i want to go up and say something to somebody and just buy them a new flag literally to keep the pride going for our country (laughs) but i think this is a great idea because we live in such a military based area of the country here in eastern north carolina that many folks probably have tattered flags that they're maybe hanging on to and looking to get rid of in the proper way and so you can send it to the officials that know how to do it best and we always see in movies too for it. i think this may be subconsciously what you're thinking of burning of the flags yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. you see that in movies quite a bit yeah, so, yeah yeah this was something interesting to learn about because I never knew that there was an exact proper way to do it, according to the Disabled American Veterans right. chapter. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I just knew you don't throw it in the trash. Yes. I knew that. I yes. didn't know that one. Or yeah. throw it out the window. Don't do that, guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to keep it along the coast down in Emerald Isle. It's just there for vacation Ooh, lately. Yay. And I think that I just missed this story, but it is one <laughs> that I have a lot of bias with because an <laughs> Emerald Isle police officer saved a kitten from that all too oh. familiar busy bridge that heads over into Emerald Isle. Officer George Blaylock's routine last Tuesday morning started as usual until the police department got a call about a Facebook post saying a cat was on the shoulder of a busy bridge. I already have knots in my stomach thinking about, this, <laughs> thinking about Donna. Oh, Donna. <laughs> Our queen. Goodness. But this has a good end to the story. The Emerald Isle Police Department posted on the Facebook page that the incident came to an end after nearly 15 minutes and... Get this. The kitten was adopted. I love it. The power of social media, right? Literally the power of the internet. And it says here too, with this story that the kitten's new family, they need help picking out a name. It's between Langston Or bridge. The irony. I think you have to name it. That took a lot of thought. (laughs) That really did. Yeah, I feel like you have to go to the bridge because that's where you you rescued. Yeah, that is, what a great story. I mean, of course, police officers always looking out for us, but also animals too, and we love them for that. Mm -hmm. You can cast your vote to help pick out a new name by going to WNCT.com under the online originals, and you will find the story listed there. Officer Blaylock also 
also says that while he's not sure how the kitten got out there, he thinks it might have been because of the weather. It crawled up mm. inside of one of the engine bays of the car and fell out. Oh. But going forward, he wants to remind everybody to check their car engines for small animals and to check your engine bays, especially after rain and cold weather. Mm. They like nuzzling up to warm spots. Yes, they do. The engine of your car is the place for that. So keep a close eye out. Yes, please be sure to check. And quickly, I'm sneaking this in because I'm a dog person. <laughs> there is, we talked about this this week on the news. There's a stick library for dogs. I'm going to keep this quick. It's super simple. It's, you know, the book libraries. You can give a book, take a book. Yeah. Okay, this one is for dogs. So <laughs> the, the rule is you take a stick, you leave a stick for the puppers. You give them. It's the best thing ever. It's, it's like. cute. And it's so easy. You can find a stick wherever. You don't have to spend any money getting a bone yeah. or anything. You just leave a stick and then you take one. Like Right. Uh, in the video sucks. we played to go along with that so story, cute. I've never seen a dog smile so much as I saw that one. It was incredible. <laughs> with all those teeps. Right. The teeps. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Next week will be our last episode to wrap up the end of series one. So be sure to tune in. We hope you all have a wonderful, safe weekend and we'll see you back here next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.